0: fifth line mike todd here in arena host for your columbus blue jackets and you're listening to the subjectively speaking podcast and now here's jeremy paul and laura norman what is up everyone and welcome on in i am jeremy
1: and i'm laura
0: and Laura, before we get this one started, McGregor versus Poirier 3 is all set for UFC 264. Every punch, kick, and knockout means so much more with the DraftKings lineup on the line. DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of UFC, is giving you a shot at huge cash prizes. For this weekend's fight, DraftKings is offering all customers a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. If you haven't tried it yet, Fantasy MMA is easy to play. Just pick six fighters, stay under the salary cap, Tampa, and pile up points for advances, takedowns, and more. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Plus, don't forget about basketball and hockey, where DraftKings has even more money up for grabs throughout the week. Gotta get in on that NBA Finals action. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. It's the McGregor versus Poirier rubber match. Get in on the action now and download the DraftKings app and use promo code THPN for your shot at millions of dollars in total prizes throughout the week. That's promo code THPN to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Laura, it is officially season two of Subjectively Speaking.
1: Yes, the 2020, 2020, I am insane. The 2020, 2021 um, NHL season officially ended um, on the 5th of June. Nope, that's not right either. No, it is. I'm losing my mind.
0: You're doing great. We're it gonna was, keep this all in. It was actually the seventh, but that's okay. Everything's Tampa, fine. Tampa Bay won a Stanley Cup. That's yep, There we story. go. There we go. Tampa Bay,
1: Tampa Bay won. Wah wah. All you know again. Uh,
0: and you know, who, <laughs> and you know who wasn't gonna let us forget the Tampa Bay one? Nikita Kucherov. My God, that was good. I know that, like you and I both have feelings about like calling out a fan base as a player and like the idea of like shitting on Habs fans, but man, oh man, was that epic.
1: (laughs) He was just a whole mood. I mean, shirtless, clearly intoxicated already. Just, you know,
0: essentially how I, essentially how I used to record the podcast before we added this visual element to it. (laughs) It <laughs> just and Pretty guess much. and guess what Bud Light didn't sponsor me so I guess somebody has a little bit more clout than I do but I digress uh, yeah oh my God it was so fun I just feel like we talk about how boring hockey players are all the time and yeah,
1: he definitely uh, brought a little little spice as the TikTokers would say um, to his his post Stanley Cup winning interview. <laughs> But, no, I mean, it's it was great. It was really funny. Again, the only thing that I don't like is the calling out of the Habs fans. Um, but, you know, he was not in his right mind. He just won the Stanley Cup. Who knows? I mean, should the day ever come for the Columbus Blue Jackets, who knows what will be said by both fans and players alike.
0: It makes you wonder like how he felt about the way we reacted to when we won that first round series because I because we did act like we won a Stanley Cup when we slept them. So I wonder what he said in the locker room.
1: Oh, I'm sure he had quite a few things to say. Um you know, everyone on their team that year had had things to say from their coach, you know. Everyone still likes to repost that tweet from their team account on the day that we swept them, you know, this isn't how we want this isn't how we wanted it to go.
0: That is the most dramatic fucking thing. Like that that to me still remains maybe the funniest tweet in NHL history because it's just like wow that was drama.
1: <laughs> they couldn't have they couldn't have imagined a world where the Columbus Blue Jackets knocked them out of the first round of the playoffs. And trust me Blue Jackets fans also did not imagine that world at first, but we still, were there.
0: I still barely we imagined it.
1: And we are still the only team or the most recent team to beat the Tampa Bay Lightning in the playoffs.
0: So I just think we did it. I think we are the reason you and I. No. (laughs) Yes, Laura. Or or that we (laughs) all of the things that you and I have done over the course of the last two years, individually as people, has made it so that the Tampa Bay Lightning could win two Stanley Cups in a row. I think we deserve a medal.
1: Agreed, but I I I do believe what you meant before I opened my mouth was that us beating them lit the fire and you know the whole thing that they can do whatever the hell they want when it's playoffs so fuck the cap for the salaries
0: i will say that i think that the salary cap thing does get a little bit blown out of proportion only because of that 18 million dollars i was listening to a podcast i think it was the athletic podcast the athletic hockey podcast where like of that 18 million some of it is like bad contracts that they've taken from other teams where, like, those players don't actually play hockey anymore. Former Blue Jacket Marion Gabrick is one of those contracts that exists and, like, he hasn't played in years and and all that kind of stuff. So it is a lot of weirdness. And, listen, if you can cheat the system, cheat the system. I think – here's my thing. My philosophy on this whole thing is we're not mad that Tampa did it. We're just mad that the Blue Jackets did it. (laughs) That's where I'm at on it. I'm like – Oh, you, like why didn't we do that? <laughs>
1: like, yes, you found a loophole, you used it, now we're just mad as well as everyone else. It's not just the blue jackets. Literally everyone else is mad. That of course Tampa is the one that found the loophole
0: and But what's so funny about this? And almost it's almost funnier because like it's because they lost. But when Chicago did it in 2000, I think 15 Tampa Bay was one of the few teams if not, I think it was Tampa Bay and maybe St. Louis might have been the two teams I could be making that up, were the two teams that voted to close that loophole the other 28 teams at the time voted to not close the loophole and so Tampa Bay said, alright, fine, don't close it, fuck y'all <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> they gonna. said
1: okay, you're not going to go along with this hold my beer, we're going to go win some Stanley Cups, so it's fine it's and Tampa- men
0: they have
1: you know, I we had this conversation off of the podcast, but it would just be nice to have a little bit of change it up for next year. I'm not saying the Blue Jackets, like we're not at that point in time. I'm just saying like some different teams getting an opportunity um, would be lovely. Uh, it was nice to see a Canadian team make it all the way. Cause it's been a minute. Um, but I would just, you know, just a little bit of like, let's mix it up with some. And, I, and again, I'm not even saying the blue jackets cause I I'm not putting the horse before the cart quite yet or the cart before the horse. I, it's been a rough week y'all. We are about transparency in this situation and I have had a rough week so
0: and that's okay and that is okay we'll just make sure that we we put the horse before the cart and move past it thank you thank you (laughs) um yeah i if colorado doesn't do it this year like this coming year then i just like they're gonna have to blow that up but speaking of salary cap speaking of Managing all of the off-season things that teams have to do to make sure that they're compliant and whatnot. We're going to spend today's episode talking about some of the suggestions that we got on Twitter from our followers about players that are currently entering the free agent market, um, and then also some of our RFAs as Blue Jackets fans going into the year, to kind of talk about the landscape of what July and early August is going to look like for the Union Blue, and. As I was putting this together, and as I was compiling this data, which this data is all coming from our friends at Evolving Hockey and Cat Friendly, so like make sure you're checking those sites out. Make sure that you're subscribing to Evolving Hockey for all of this info, um, and checking out Cat Friendly as well. This team sucks. <laughs> this team is not good. This is a bad hockey team. This is a hockey team that might might not finish higher than like twenty eighth. Like in the league, as I currently look at it, I could be making that up. But like as I'm looking at this, I'm scared. (laughs) Like given like keeping in mind that what I put together here reflects, you know, not signing some folks or or maybe some folks being out of the fold, a la Seth Jones, like kind of people. So. We're going to take a look at this, y'all. We're going to look at the potential UFAs and RFAs that we have on our roster, and we're going to go from there. So buckle up, because this one's going to suck.
1: <laughs> I would just also like to add an air of positivity to this situation, Mr. Negative Nancy. Um, We don't know. Well, we don't know. So...
0: There are Dang. currently there are currently 3 blue jackets defensemen signed who have played a whole season and Andrew Peak is somebody I'm including in that which is a little rough like I don't even know that I would say that Andrew Peak has played a full season so like Zach Orensky and Vladislav Gavrikov if we don't do anything to like sign MDZ or things like that, like this is like what we're working with. So like, let's again, remember the Andrew peak name, name somebody other than Andrew peak. That's the defensive prospect. So I
1: understand. And we will go in with a full roster. We just don't know who that roster is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It might just be you and me because as previously mentioned, we, we have, done a lot for the league in the last two years. Um,
1: (laughs) I would flip you off, but I know that you would use it in the video clip, so I won't.
0: Absolutely, I would. And I think the fact that you would not give us listeners, our listeners, the opportunity to see that is an injustice. There's
1: potential for it to happen later on in this episode.
0: I have faith in it. I do. I do, especially when I trade Cam Atkinson. Kidding. Why would
1: you do that? I
0: just really thought that that was going to get the middle finger. I would never trade Cam Atkinson. You know, I love Cam, but I really thought that was going to get me the middle finger. Um, so let's let's start with – and and this is, like, also, like, keeping in mind that I am definitely the agenda setter here because I have the Excel spreadsheet in front of me. So, like, please feel free to tell me to shut up at any point. Um. Because I will be setting some narratives, and you can definitely flip those. So, like, there are some folks on this list of of people that fans suggested. Um, As people of the Blue Juggers should go after, for context, like, we posted a list of UFAs that seemed interesting, and we got a lot of replies. And one of the first ones that's just probably, like, going to be an absolutely probably not going to happen is Gabriel Landis-Cog. Um I think Colorado's going to re-sign him. I don't think that there's any reason to believe that they won't maybe i'm wrong but our friends at evolving hockey have this projected contract to be a seven-year um 8.791 million dollar cap hit i just don't think that we're shelling out money for gabriel landis cog for that and i don't think gabriel landis cog is coming to columbus anytime soon so any objections to that you feel pretty similarly are you feeling pretty good
1: yeah, I don't have an. Uh, I don't really have an opinion on it. That that sizable of a cap hit's not happening for us.
0: Correct. And speaking of that sizable of a cap hit, also coming in as a really popular suggestion is Dougie Hamilton. Dougie Hamilton makes some sense in the sense that, like, we're about to get rid of Seth Jones, who's probably going to get comparable m- numbers, if not more, for whoever is the person, whoever is the team that signs his next contract. But Again, like in the space that we're at, like sure, like will the blue jackets be competitive? This contract is projected at seven years, eight point four seven. So similar term to Landis Cog. Is it possible the Blue Jackets are gonna be a highly competitive team, like competing for Stanley Cups in the next seven years? For sure. Like it's totally possible. I, I think it's part of the plan, it's part of the blueprint. But I don't know if you're gonna get somebody like Dougie Hamilton to sign away three to four years to then maybe have a chance for the last three. And I don't think he's going to bite.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, that's a hard press one. Cause like you said, you know, you got to get people who are willing to buy into, you know, what we're doing, um, which is ever changing apparently. Um, so yeah, it's a tough sell, I think, but I think it's also not out of the realm of things either. Um, But, you know, he's done great things in Carolina. It would be awesome to, if we were going to get rid of Seth Jones, we need to replace him with an adequately skilled defenseman. So do I want to necessarily take that much of a cap hit when we need some other things? Not really, but potato, potato at this point.
0: So the next thing I want to dive into and I think this is where we're going to get into our first disagreement, is the idea of former players. I think naturally there's a bias, right? Like when you post a list of players and you see players on there that have have worn the jersey before, um, and there are quite a few. There are quite a few going into this uh, offseason that have. Those players are naturally attractive to – fans of of the franchise that we're discussing so in our case anybody who's been a blue jacket i think is probably a little bit more attractive to some folks and so this next piece um is going to be players who have at one point or another whether that's they're currently on the team well no actually i lied this is just going to be the folks who are not currently on the team that we're going to talk about and before we even get into names we had some tweets that were like Give me all the former Blue Jackets. And we had one tweet specifically that was like, absolutely no more former Blue Jackets. This is a rebuild. Like, this is not a bring folks back and try to bring the band back together uh, kind of thing. So what are your thoughts on that? And I think this is where we might hit, hit an impasse.
1: I think it depends on the player. To be completely honest with you. I,
0: I will say, like, the tweet that we received was no previous Blue Jackets, period. Like no.
1: Yeah, I don't necessarily agree with that. Um, I think it depends on the player. It also depends on and I know you're probably thinking that I'm thinking of like Nick necessarily, but like when we'll get into that, but there are other people on this list that have had some longer time away from our organization and could bring different energy than maybe they had in the past. So I don't think it's just because they're a former Blue Jacket doesn't mean that they're not going to be able to bring something to the table. So no, I don't agree with that tweet. And it's not it's not even for an emotional thing. It's just like you have to look at what the right pieces are going to be. And if the right pieces are a former Blue Jacket, then I would never say Absolutely not to that.
0: Yeah. And I will say, like, I don't know that I disagree with you in the sense that, like, I would never close the door on that. Um, but when I look at this list and, and the players that make up this list are Nick Foligno, Matt Calvert, Alexander Wenberg, Brandon Saad. Um, also, Anthony Duclair would be another player that would be a part of this list, but I didn't include him in the tweet and, and nobody mentioned him as an outlier. Um so I guess you could even throw him into this and I can look up his numbers here as we're chatting too, if you'd like, but, um, I look at some of these players, like an Alex lundberg Alex, like he had a good season in, in Florida. I mean, he made us his, what? No. Yes. Made us his bitch at least twice over the course of the season. He's um, right. That's what I'm okay. saying. Like, it's just like, he really like took it to us. Like, The projected hit from Evolving Hockey is a five-year deal um, at 4.93. That number probably sounds somewhat familiar to Blue Jackets fans because it's roughly around what he was making um, before. And I only know that because every time he would do something that was somewhat not okay, or anytime he would do something, I guess I should say, that was good, Laura would say, that's right, Alex, earn your $4.9 million. (laughs) So... Um, I just don't think we would spend that much money on him. Like, I like I don't like I don't think that the te- like I don't think that the front office would be willing to bring him back, knowing that they're still paying for another year of his buyout, a year or two of his buyout, to then bring him back into the fold to, um. Obviously, a new system, a new coach. So, like, maybe there's space there for it, but I, I don't see it.
1: Yeah, I don't think that Wenberg will be someone that we go after. I mean, I love Wenberg. I think he's a, you know, he was he struggled um when he was here. And I think that just the energy would be weird for him because we did buy him out of his contract like and you know, just sort of like there's no real animosity cuz clearly he went to another team and had a really good year but I don't see him being interested in coming back necessarily. So um, I think, yeah, I don't think that's something to pursue at this point.
0: So Matt Calvert would be somebody who would be um, on this list as well. Evolving Hockey has him at a uh, one-year $1.1 million cap hit. I think that he's probably – in the way that you teed it up, maybe a player that is on your brain as somebody who you wouldn't mind seeing back. My only fear with Matt Calvert, right, is he's a bottom six forward. Like that's that's just his role. It's not a bad thing. They're a great bottom six forwards. Sometimes bottom six forwards, such as Pat Maroon, win three Stanley Cups in a row and have great success. <laughs> but yeah. um the the blue jackets have a roster full of bottom six forwards. So I, I worry that you're clogging a pipeline there with a 31-year-old player who could bring good energy, could bring good morale, um, and maybe he sees himself having like a future in Columbus when his career is done and he hangs up the skates. But like, I don't know if that's a player that that makes you a better team right now.
1: I somewhat disagree with you because he was on my list of people like um, that would make sense to bring back just as, you know, to take the um, emotional side of it. Like we are in a difficult situation right now and going into a rebuild, you need those people that are going to like, keep the morale up and keep those, especially the younger players motivated to want to continue to buy into what we're doing, continue to believe that we're going to get over this hump of a situation. And someone like Matt Calvert, like he has that love for Columbus. Like he has that, you know, experience previously on the team. He's gone away, had success. Um, And to be able to come back, like, I'm not mad about it. Like, especially when we have lost, you know, I'm a big believer in veteran players, like obviously can't have a whole team of them, but like you need them um, in order to have mentors and people for especially all of the younger players that we have to look up to and like lean on. Um, So I would be absolutely – I would be over the moon to have Matt Calvert back to, to be honest, but, um, but I also understand where you're coming from as far as like skill or whatever. Um, but, you know, with some various injuries that we have already, you know, people being out, like to have someone who has ingrained confidence in his play would not be a, a terrible idea to have while we're moving things around.
0: So we wouldn't describe him as up and down like a toilet seat. No. As for John Tortorella. No, I, I disagree. <laughs> you disagree with Torts. Um, yeah. I mean, I hear you. Like I would, I would love for Matt Calvert to be a blue jacket still. I just, yeah, I just don't know if that is actually more detriment to, some of the younger guys that need to get some ice time in those bottom six roles too, like an Emil Bumstrom, like, you know, these guys that we signed over the off season from Europe, like, um, you know, Hoffman, Danforth, like, I, I just, we, yeah, we do this a lot. Like we do this a lot with like those kind of players. Like Renko is the perfect example last year where it's like these guys that we know absolutely nothing about. and We're just going to like throw them into the bottom six and like, let them get the chance to like, maybe like play up to the middle six <laughs> Like, I could just hope for the best. Like, and it just makes for so many unknowns. Like, it makes for so many unknowns. And I would even throw, like, Igor Tinikov into that conversation, too. So, that, that makes this conversation harder, I think. Right. But, all right. So, Laura's booking a Matt Calvert ticket from Colorado to Columbus. And I, I would co-sign the emotional part I would co-sign. Um, so, so, Nick Felino, okay, similarly, like, to me, that argument makes a lot more sense for Nick Felino. But the reality of Nick Felino's situation is if he wants to win a Stanley Cup, I don't think that this is the place for him to sign his next contract. And similarly, I don't know. Like, there's no love loss there, I think. Like, if he doesn't sign in Columbus, like, it's a bummer. It sucks, like, to not have him back. But, but I don't think that that. Ruins the relationship unless he signs with like a Pittsburgh or a New York or, or a team like that. Like there's going to be no love lost between Columbus and Nick Foligno. So I would like to see him back. I would say probably right now I'd say it's like a 30 70. It's kind of how I have it predicted in my head.
1: Yeah. I mean, basically what the major thoughts are with Nick is that, you know, potential he's you know Toronto tries to resign him you know us and then Minnesota obviously which is where his brother plays um and I told you off of podcast air that I'm peeved if he stays in Toronto um but truly because I was willing to give up my hatred for Austin Matthews for the playoffs but like I can't do it for an entire season um but i'm like upset but like not upset i'm disappointed but okay if he goes to minnesota because it's his brother and like from a feeling standpoint like what how often does the opportunity come around that you could play the sport that you love in the greatest league or greatest yeah league in the world with your own brother um so like totally fine um but then obviously overjoyed Should he decide to return to Columbus? And, you know, again, I think that really depends on what he wants to do with his career. Like if he does, you know, if he does want to chase a cup, you know, he's got a couple years left probably for that. Um, And we're not really at that place. So it would make sense. And like you said, no real love loss unless he goes to one of our rival teams. Um, I would prefer if he didn't go to someone um, in our division, because uh, I think that's harder because we would be playing him more often. Um, but obviously for me, and I think for a lot of Columbus fans, with the exception of the man that or person that sent that tweet, would love to see Nick Felino back in the Union Blue. Um, so... Especially when we're emotionally where we are right now as a team, I think those feelings amp up a little bit more too, to have him come back. But
0: now the comeback that makes no sense to me <laughs> would be Brandon sod I well, know he a lot- can
1: still buy his shit in the blue line, so he might as well come back. No, I'm kidding. I actually. D-
0: you know, I actually don't even know with, with that stuff. That stuff's not even like the new like Adidas like font either. Like that like is would it be. Did he play any? I don't think he did. Like I think any of his stuff would be like the old like. The it's old, before my time. Yeah. Like I mean like it's like. Yeah. I loved Brandon Zod when he was here. Like I still think that that's like one of the most epic out of nowhere trades. And then like it gets turned into Artemi Panarin. But like. Yeah. I think if your legacy in a place is that like you were a part of the package that brought somebody else in. Like maybe, <laughs> maybe. I don't know, but yeah, I, mean, I, I wouldn't hate the idea of Brandon Saad. Like he's a lot younger than I thought. Like I thought this man was at least like 32. Like I, he's 28. I don't know how that's true, but that's what cab friendly says. Maybe he's like going to turn 29 tomorrow. Maybe he's a cancer. I don't know. But, um, but yeah, that one makes no sense to me. That one's clocked at four. Um, Four years, uh, four point nine million. So I mean, like that's a pretty substantial hit for a guy like Brandon Saad. Again, if he's a guy who wants to win a cup, like it's not the place for him. Like I don't see him as like this like leader, veteran, presence for this team right now. So I'm kind of out on Brandon Saad. Yeah, same. With no. the ex- with the exception of the fact that Kelly would always Kelly and her brother would always go. Sad. Whenever like anything would he like would happen, so I like I'm a big fan of that call. I would like for that to continue, uh, but I don't think like it will. Um, I didn't mention this, but Nick Felina's cap hit is roughly around predicted around two years, three million dollars. I don't know if the Blue Jack. I don't know. Maybe they would give him that much, especially if they don't have to worry about signing Seth Jones to a big old contract. But nevertheless. Um, so then we move on to some of the players that are not – well, I guess let's touch on these two players first. The current Blue Jacket UFAs, um, primarily the defensemen, Michael Delzato and Miko Lehtinen. Michael Delzado is looking at about a three-year, $3.1 million uh, cap hit per evolving hockey. Miko Lehtinen is looking at about a one-year um, – League minimum contract of $750,000. Bring them both back. Resign them. I don't know if you heard me say earlier in this podcast. I said Zach Orensky, Vladislav Gavrikov, and Andrew Peak, With question marks on Dean Kukin, Gabriel Carlson, and uh, Scott Harrington. So, I mean, like, it's possible that, like, one of those, like, specifically, like, Dean Kukin, like, like, he could be gone. Like, realistically, could be gone from Seattle. Like... So, re-sign both of these players. I don't know that I give Delzato three years, to be honest with you. Like, that to me is a little bit, like, I'm, like, maybe two max. But I'm okay with a $3 million cap hit on Delzato.
1: Yeah, I'm team MDZ all the way. Um, I think in a pretty crap year, he was a bright light. um, And we need defensemen, uh, and he's a good one. He has actively said that he wants to return to Columbus. Um, and we've had these conversations off the podcast, but the potential of why they haven't offered him a contract yet is so that they don't have to protect him, um, in the expansion draft. Which is fine. It's just that it makes everyone a little anxious. And I think also makes him a little anxious. Um, but sign him. Like, sign him because he's done well. He wants to be here. We need defensemen. And also because the fans love him. And we need some morale. Like, we need some, you know, other people that are bringing in the energy. And then Mika Leighton, I mean, he did fairly well. I mean, he wasn't terrible. He had like some pretty good moments and he was fairly consistent. Um and I think with time and with a full season and underneath, you know, a new coaching system where everyone's going to get brought to the same level. We're not, you know, it's everyone's going to be under the same situation. Um you know, he has potential to really to really go, um, and I don't really have any issue with either of those projected um, contracts. I think three is fine for auto and one to see how Littonen does, and obviously can offer him an extension if he you know, performs well underneath our new system.
0: Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Bring those two back. For the sake of God, bring those two back. It's gonna I'm be. I'm just
1: tired of seeing sad comments from MDZ on
0: Instagram posts. But I think let okay. I know it's probably not allowed. Like I think it actually isn't allowed. But you can't tell me that if this team doesn't plan to give him a contract on July 20 or like after the expansion draft, that Yarmo is not saying. Hey, like fake it, like play anxious, like play into it. You're getting this contract. Like they might've already even talked about the terms. Like that would not surprise me in the slightest. Like I felt that way too about Nick Foligno before he was traded. It's like, he was never going to be signed or re-signed, excuse me, before the expansion draft if he stayed with the team and wasn't traded. But like, he was going to know what he was going to make the following year if he re-signed with the Blue Jackets before the expansion draft. Well, like,
1: without- and I think if you... I mean, granted, we pay attention to things a little bit more closely than the average fan, probably, because this is now part of our jobs. Um, but the team is doing, like, a real... <laughs> a real shit job if they're not gonna offer him or haven't had the conversations because we've wished him happy birthday in the off season we've reposted podcasts that he's been on like all of these things so like why are we the conversation is there more than likely And it's just, he's doing a good job of like keeping fans engaged in this, like, will they, won't they situation, as he also does a DJ residency in Miami. So, like, it, he's doing a really great job of like adding some fun into this circumstance. But hopefully, we will be seeing um, an MDZ signature of re signing. after the expansion draft,
0: agreed. So then we move into some guys that are unknown here in Columbus but have garnered some attention. Um, so, specifically, somebody who stands out to me is somebody who had a monster playoff, who is a really good defensive center is Philip Deneau of the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, He led the Canadians in ice time during the playoffs in the forward group, I should say. Uh, Didn't score a goal in his time with the Canadians in the playoffs, but all of that to say that he was out there for every important faceoff. He was winning those important faceoffs. He was shutting down the top lines of the Vegas Golden Knights, of the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, of the Winnipeg Jets. It was absolutely outstanding defensive work by Philip Deneau in these playoffs. And his predicted term is a seven year, $6.23 million cap hit. I don't think that he is going, maybe I'm wrong. I don't see him getting a seven year deal. Maybe he does. Like maybe he does because a trend has been that teams are giving longer term to kind of, you know, figure out this cap hit situation. It's like, yeah, like maybe you're not going to make as much money AAV, but maybe, maybe you're going to make more money by signing a seven year contract than you would by signing a three year contract. Right. And so, Philip DeNoe is somebody who really interests me and it's somebody that I think the Blue Jackets should really consider. Uh, do you have any uh, serious thoughts on Philip DeNoe?
1: I mean, like you said, he had an incredible performance throughout every level of the playoffs this year for the Canadians. And, you know, that would be someone who I think his style of play, his energy would mesh well with the pieces that we already have in place. Um, and it would be nice to have someone signed to a longer term deal who in doing that and in, in someone who would be a staple player, like, you add another level of like structure um, and consistency as we start to, you know, as the old JD saying goes brick by brick, build this situation back up again. So I would be, I hope that there's conversations happening around that. And because I think he would be a good, a good fit um, in Columbus.
0: Now I will say it will not surprise me if he re-signs in Montreal. Like there's been a lot of talk about him, them trying to get him re-signed. So in the same way that we're saying to re-sign MDZ and, and Layton, and like there might be a, a very similar contingent in Montreal with Philip Deneau. But I think about specifically like we spend so much time talking about like what kind of a defensive liability, uh, you know, Patrick Laine is, right? Or you know we talk about how. Boone Jenner really plays better on a wing than he does at center, and he's just been forced to the center based on our lack of center depth over the years. like could you could you put uh Philip denot on a second line between, you know, cam Atkinson and and Gus Nyquist? you know, may honestly, that might not generate a ton of offense that line, but like if you're I, Philip deno, I don't think it's a number one center though. i like but to me, like, if You put him on a line with Patrick Line, like he might not necessarily like create a ton of plays for Patrick, but like he can recover when Patrick's trying to make plays. And, and to me, that seems important. And maybe it pushes Texier maybe to like the third line, playing some center or you know, perhaps some wing to try to get his production back. But that's somebody I really am interested in. Agreed. So the last Well, I've got two. So Alec Martinez broke his whole ass foot and played in the playoffs. So for me, love the badassery. I'm all about it. Veteran defenseman. Do you have any interest in bringing in somebody who has won Stanley Cups who is on the back part of their career at four years, $5.8 million?
1: See, that one hurts in a way that, like, because it's a a bit of a larger hit than I'd rather take for someone of his age and what he has left in his career. Um, But, again, to not go back on what I've said before, I do love a veteran energy. I do love a have won a Stanley Cup energy Um, because or two has won two Stanley Cups Um, because I think that that is a competitiveness that can become infectious because he's he's I hate I don't know why I was going but they drink out of it. So he's tasted it. He's tasted what it feels like to win a Stanley Cup. And because we don't have any of that on our current team, I think that that kind of energy would be worth it for the cap hit. So I'm going to say I would be okay with this decision. And because we need defensemen.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I would be okay with it. Like, I just, again, like, that's a player where... Yeah, like he's been there and he's won. Like, does he want to win more? Because again, like on the back part of your career, like if you want to win, like I, I as a Blue Jackets fan, hate saying this, but I don't know that this is the place for you if you want to win in the next two years. Like, I just don't know that it is. I hope and pray that I'm wrong. I spend a lot of time every day hoping and praying that I'm wrong about that. But it's kind of the reality of our situation. And so, uh, as great as it would be, I don't think that he's gonna see a fit here in Columbus. But I'd love to be wrong. I would love to be wrong. I would love to have Alec Martinez be a member of the Blue Jackets. And speaking of somebody who I would love to be a member of the Blue Jackets, hometown boy Sean Corrali is a depth center. He's somebody who could play a third or fourth. You know who he reminds me of a lot, like in like the role that he would play is, is Riley Nash. Like he gives me that kind of energy. Also somebody who we signed from Boston, ironically enough. Uh estimated cap hit of three years. 2.1 million dollars this is one that i think if you're the blue jackets like you do it without thinking about it too hard like i this is and this is the kind of signing the blue jackets make in the offseason right like i it is unfortunate especially given how much i am obsessed with free agency and how much i love the idea of it but the blue jackets very rarely like make these signings of like a gabriel landis clog. Landis Cog, Dougie Hamilton, like it just doesn't happen. The signings that we do make are are the signings like like this, like Sean Crowley, like like a Riley Nash, like those are the players that we're signing in the, in free agency. This one feels textbook Blue Jackets. If I had to put money on us signing anybody on this list, with the exception of maybe Michael Delzato, I think Sean Crowley is probably my number two on the likelihood of of us signing.
1: Yeah, I think that that's it edges more towards what we assume they're going to be looking, looking for as we do the rebuild. Um, and also speaks to the fact that, you know, Max is going to be out until at least the end of December, early January with his sh- shoulder surgery. Um, and we're still, you know, we're still working obviously on players that want to play center. Um And building up that, you know, strength with Kevin Stenland potentially being on the docket to be left open to Seattle. Like, you know, we're still navigating these waters of like, who are we going to have left? Um, So I think, you know, to have a solid guy that could play, you know, third or fourth round or third or fourth round, third or fourth Line, center, um, maybe even edge up to second, if need be, would be really helpful. And obviously, much like with Jack Roslovic, you have the hometown, you know, sensibility, like that sort of for people to grab on um, which I think would also be beneficial.
0: I agree. So then we can move on to our restricted friends are restricted free agents. Uh, Three out of the four of these players currently play for the Blue Jackets. One doesn't, so it's a little bit of a wrinkle. Um, But Patrick Laine is somebody that the Blue Jackets want to get re-signed. It seems that the Blue Jackets want to re-sign him for longer than he might want to sign. I need us to calm down. Like, I need us to not read into that. Like, this model... Or it's the other way around. What's that?
1: Or it's the other way around, and he wants to sign longer than...
0: Every report I've seen has said the opposite. Every report I've seen has said that the the club would like a more long-term and Patrick would like to bet on himself a little bit here. And you would think that that would be true, right? Because Patrick Lyon is not going to get the amount of money that he probably deserves as a player after the season that he had last year at term, like at a long-term pace. So if I'm Patrick Liney, hell yeah, I'm signing a contract that's going to be short-term. It's going to give me a chance to go out on the ice next year, show what I'm worth. And if the Blue Jackets aren't going to pay me the money that I deserve, somebody's going to if I show up and I I produce. And so I bet on myself a little bit there because this projected cap hit from Evolving Hockey uh, predicts him having a two-year contract for $4.5 million. Um, I mean, that is less money than you know Alexander Wenberg like that's less money than you know Brandon Sod on this list than um you know obviously than the likes of Gabriel Landis Cog and so and Philip Deneau even at that and so I don't foresee him signing long term the two-year term also doesn't make sense because that would push him straight to UFA but I think it's going to be a one-year deal and I and I do think it's going to be more than that 4.5 what do you think
1: yeah, I mean, I th- as listeners will know, I am very like middle of the road when it comes to Patrick Line. Like I think it would be great for him to stay. I want to see what he looks like in a normal 82 game season with maybe some of his mojo back because we clearly did not get the Patrick Line that was advertised to us this past season. Um You know, and so I don't necessarily, like, disagree with signing a short-term deal with him, because obviously, you know, we do have his rights, um, as Yarmo likes to tell people um, (laughs) over and over again. (laughs) We do have Patrick Lyna's rights, um, you know, to just see where it's at, and obviously, if he responds well to you know, this new system and the atmosphere and like getting really the experience of being on the Columbus Blue Jackets, then yeah, we look at it at the end of that year and hopefully both sides are on a better and we can sign him long term. But, you know, I would like to see him stay. I will say that. I will state my claim and I would like to see him stay for at least a year. It would be nice if we could sign him to at least push it through to, like, not bring him up to UFA because we it'll be, but, like, push it into his first year. But who knows?
0: Unfortunately, the answer to that question is no one yet. But hopefully soon. I would like for it to be soon. He also has arbitration rights. And so, quite frankly, like, his qualifying offer has to be I think what he made this last year plus some. So like the four point, it's just going to, it's going to be more, it's going to be more money than that. And I think it's going to be for a year. So we'll see. I hope you're right though. I hope we can buy some of his UFA years. So let me move on to Alexander Texier, two year term, $1.3 million. I think he might even get a little bit more than that, but the two year term is okay. It doesn't, push him it, it still gives him another I think two years after that until he even hits UFA so I'm okay with a two-year contract let's see a little bit more of what you can do before you make your real money Um, similar situation with Andrew Peake again projecting a two-year a little less than a million I, I think he's going to make a little bit more than that because of the role that he's going to play with the team but um, any concerns thoughts feelings about those two no I still have
1: a lot of hope and faith that Tex. You know, starts to find his way a little bit more, um, starts to build his confidence as a player. Um, Again, it's another one of those things where he's gone back and forth about whether or not he has lived up to the what we were sold, essentially, um, as who he was as a player. So, um, you know, I think there's a lot of things that come into play with that. He did break his back. Like there's been, you know, the whole world shut down, a whole lot of things that come into play with, with everything. So I would love to see him work under this new system, see if he can really find his legs again. And then hopefully we can keep him around because, you know, he does spark some things with people. I think people have, have grasped. There we go. I've grasped on to, to who he is as a player. So there's potential there. And then you said peak, right? Yeah. And Andrew Peak, like, he's definitely like a which I, I don't know if you would have asked us a year ago if we would have been saying this, like a, a crucial point um, for us right now. So um, you know, whether that be that he... Is the person that Seattle takes from us, which would be fine. Um, or, you know, he starts playing a more integral role. Um, he's again another one of those people that I would like to see how he does and, you know, what he can do um, under normal circumstances.
0: I keep like being in between the Excel sheet and this, and I keep not clicking the right buttons. So, Sorry for that little delay, but Laura, I have one last RFA for you. And it's somebody who we could acquire in a potential trade. And that player is Sam Reinhardt, um, who is a restricted free agent. Uh, you know, he's a been playing pretty much second line center in Buffalo, uh, behind Jack Eichel, of course, bumping up when Jack Eichel was hurt. They're projecting him at five years, $7 million. Um, you know, if this is a trade that the Blue Jackets make, and I'm not certain that it is, but perhaps it is uh, five years, 7 million for your potential number one center uh, is is something that I, that I probably do. Um, how do you feel about that?
1: I mean, personally it makes a hell of a lot more sense than Jack Eichel. So um, cause Reinhardt, and I mean, okay. not
0: even close. Like, it's not even, like, close to me, like, the amount of sense that both of those make. Like, like the package is still going to be a lot for Hart, but it's not going to be anywhere near what it was for Eichel. And quite honestly, like, Hart feels like he fits the mold a lot better than Jack Eichel. But perhaps I'm, I'm just, like, well, doing that and- thing where you talk yourself out of something because you know it's not going to happen.
1: Well, and the point that we've made multiple times over the last couple of months is that well, yes, it would be great to have Jack Eichel on our team. Jack Eichel is not going to be able to play for a while. He has to have neck surgery. And <clears throat> we're not really in a place to spend that kind of money for a player who cannot play right now. Because um, that he would be a h- absolutely huge cap hit to us. And to have him sit out for half a season, a whole season, you know, that's just a lot of wasted money. Um, and Reinhardt seems like the better option. Yes, going to be a larger cap hit for us, but he can play currently. Um, and his style, I've watched a few things Um, as of late as I've been trying to like get ready for free agency and whatnot Um, and I think his style of play I think he knows what it's like this is the other weird thing is like you kind of want people who know what it's like to be on a team that's like not doing great because then they're not really disappointed when they come here Um, But then they're really happy when, like, things go well. Because they're like, yes, things are clicking. Um, So having someone um, like Reinhardt come, I'm on board for. um, But Yarmo is in whom which we trust with all of these decisions. So...
0: Yes. Sorry. So I really thought you were going to keep going. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I I think how about we just do this? How about we figure out a way to make the playoffs next year, but let's trade for Jack Eichel so he can sit all season, but he can come back for the playoffs and then,
1: Oh, so we can pull a Tampa.
0: Yeah. I actually, I, I actually still think I'm okay with the Tampa Bay situation. I just would like to see us replicate it. Um, well, no, I didn't just,
1: think I had anything wrong. It's just, We're going to call it Pull of Tampa, where we have this, like, like secret, secret weapon, weapon for a whole year, and no one sees him. And then the first, day, the first game of the playoffs, he just skates out in a Blue Jackets uniform, you know, like, ta-da!
0: I mean, yeah, um, I wouldn't be mad about it. But here's the thing that I know to be true that we just spent an hour talking about free agency and not a single motherfucking one of our predictions is going to come true. Like, not a single one.
1: Probably not. I would also like to give myself a round of applause for making it through this entire conversation without having access to the Excel spreadsheet.
0: Yeah. Honestly, I don't know if it would have helped you because it is barely English. Like, it is (laughs) is barely English. I'm just
1: saying, I've been running blind on a lot of this and I feel very happy with my... No, granted, fans will probably be like, she doesn't know anything.
0: um I don't think our... I, I think our fans and our friends are, are very much okay. But, but the, so
1: yes, so I'd like to give myself a small round of applause for not having the cheat sheet in front of me.
0: I am so proud of you, my friends. Good work. Thank you. Of course. um Yes, you missed out on all the oh, my God, we suck at hockey, question mark, question mark, question mark, where are all these players going to play if not on the fourth line because you can't have four fourth lines. Um, <laughs> just doesn't work that way. It just simply doesn't. Um, like, we might even have to start calling ourselves the sixth line because I think that a lot of these players wouldn't even make, like, the fourth line. They'd be kind of sitting in, like, la, la, land, um, And that's okay. But... Um, but yes, hopefully y'all have some feelings, some thoughts going into free agency now about what you want to see happen, or, or you know what you think the Blue Jackets should look for. Definitely let us know what you think, and and we can revisit some of this stuff, and we can definitely talk about it once it starts to happen. Um, but that's about all I've got, Laura. What else is on your radar? And if nothing, girl, you know what to do. I mean, nothing as far as free agency.
1: We're obviously going to see where this goes um, next week. We are going our next episode unless something crazy happens and we have to have a special episode in between, which knowing the Blue Jackets, that's pretty likely. Um, so, you know, we're going to be talking about the expansion draft um, because it is looming, looming closer um, when this comes out, it's a, it'll be a Saturday, so it'll be a week away from when teams have to submit their lists of who they're going to protect um, in the expansion draft. Um, if you haven't yet, start following the Kraken on social media because they're like taunts at the other teams are really pretty funny um, about, you know, that they're going to take everyone's favorite player um, from all the other teams. So, but be kind to us. We're, we're sad still. So like be kind to Columbus because just be kind. Um, but yeah, so that's really all for me, but you can follow us on social media. We are on Twitter and Instagram at subjectively pod. We are at, we're on Facebook at subjectively speaking, uh, you can also go to our website, subjectivelyspeaking.com if you want to learn a little bit more about Jeremy and I. Um, and if you can, as always, rate, review, and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you are listening to us on. I am over the moon at the fact that we now have 29 star reviews on Apple Podcasts. If you could be that super awesome person to get us to 30, I just I just don't even know what we will do with ourselves. Um, And if you can prove that you're the 30th person, maybe we'll do something for you. Um, But just it's just been so just so great to and we've gotten so many new comments and it just makes me so happy. So rate, review and subscribe. Also, if you're in the market for some merchandise, we have some pretty stellar merchandise in our merch store.
0: How did we just record an episode for a whole hour, and I had no idea that you were wearing a a CBJ? What, subjectively speaking? Listen, officially we have hit an hour and 15 seconds. After the hour, I am not responsible for anything that I say. That's true. And I believe you can blame
1: that on my poor posture that you haven't seen the fact that I'm wearing one of our own shirts right now. Um, But yeah, so you can see all of our merch. We have a lot of different designs at subjectivelyspeaking.threadless.com. We would absolutely love to see, we actually saw a a Lars Bar shirt in the wild recently, and it looked so great. Um, And shout out to everyone who has bought merch and sent us pictures. We haven't posted pictures in a little bit just because of everything that's been going on, but we will be posting some more people. We have our first baby model, our first baby model in one of our onesies. I'm so excited. Um, So, yeah, so buy our our merch, help support. Um, Yeah, I think that pretty much. Did I miss anything?
0: Girl, if you did. If you did, we gotta, we gotta never announce another new thing. <laughs> we be—it's the Magna Carta.
1: It's true. It's true.
0: And I love that about us.
1: But it's mm-hmm. fun. To oh
0: yes. I'm very excited for everybody to see the onesie. And
1: yeah. he looks so cute
0: in it. <laughs> it is one of my favorite things. Um, but until we get the chance to come to y'all next time, hopefully it's a regularly scheduled episode, not anything, you know, wild happening in Blue Jackets land. Um, be well, take care of yourself, take care of each other, and we will talk to you soon. Bye.